Hey guys, hello, hello, hello. I am back. I am excited to be back. I am Erica McLeod Dobbs um, and I am looking forward to today. As I told you guys on Sunday, we have given Bishop some time off, okay? And I'm just really excited about it. I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you because he really, really needs it, okay? Him and First Lady have just been going so hard this whole pandemic, so I was beyond honored when I was asked to step in um, just so they can have some downtime. We all had downtime, so now they have downtime, so I'm back. Um, I hope that you guys um, are not disappointed, first of all, because Bishop is amazing, but I am happy to be here. So let's go ahead and jump into it. Like I said last time, I'm not going to be before you long or short. I'm just going to be before you, and I really hope that you guys are blessed by um, today's message. So as I told y'all before, I have my notes right here beside me. So you'll see me look down a few times or whatnot. Um, but we're going to go ahead and jump into it. It is Tuesday night. I am just elated to even be here to see another day, to keep it real. Amen. So um, let's go ahead and hop into it. Now, <laughs> if you're like me, you grew up in the household with a very strong um, mother, right? A very strong mother figure uh, or a mother or whatnot. And my mother, first lady is amazing. Okay. But one thing that I can say that if you grew up with a strong mama who did not play, there are a couple of sayings that we heard when we were growing up, some of those sayings were like, you got some McDonald's money. I used to hate hearing that. I don't even eat McDonald's anymore now. So, <laughs> but do you have some McDonald's money? Um, don't cry. I'm gonna give you something to cry about or stop crying. I'm gonna give you something to cry about. And I was like, really mom? Like you did give me something to cry about. That's why I'm crying. Right. But we, we weren't bold enough to say that. Um, and, and, and all time favorite that a lot of mothers have said is don't play with me because I'm not one of your little friends. Right. I think every, yep, I, I'm pretty sure I see some moms out there. I already know. I'm just feeling you in the comment section. Like, yep, I've said it, right? Um, and why Why do mothers say that? I'm not a mother, but, it, you know, the same thing. Like, don't play with me. I'm not one of your little friends, right? And I feel that we have a reverence for our mothers where we know if we go too far that, you know, mom might you know, kind of do some damage. So let's back up and let's not play with her. But yet and still, we tend to uh, play with the anointing of God that that type of way, right? So um, the title of today's message is called Don't Play With It. Don't play with it, okay? Don't play with it. And we're going to jump into uh, one of, one of uh, the Bible's popular stories, which there are a lot, um, and just kind of break it down a little bit. But before we get to that, let's go ahead and look at what the definition of play is, because y'all know I am Bishop's daughter, so I love definitions like he does. But play means to engage in activity for enjoyment or recreation rather than a serious or practical purpose. Now, now look at that part, rather than a serious or practical purpose. Now, I don't know about you, when it comes to the anointing of God, it's serious and there is a purpose, right? But oftentimes we find ourselves having played with the anointing um, and, and not really taking it serious, right? So let's just go ahead and jump into some things. We're gonna look at the story of Samson. We're gonna break down a couple of his mistakes. Um, and you can find the story of Samson. Let me see. There you go. You can find the story of Samson in Judges. That's where we're going to be coming from. Uh, it goes all the way from chapter 13 when his parents were told about his birth all the way to, uh, to chapter 16, all the way to his death. But we're going to focus on chapter 16. Um, and I'll be reading from like the NIV version. Once again, I love the versions that are, um, I don't know, just easier to comprehend and to read. No shade of King James, but I prefer NIV 
living message, all that. Um, but let me see. Let's go ahead and pull this up. So let's see. Thank y'all for your patience. So I want to start reading at verse one. Excuse me. I'm going to start reading at verse one. Uh, one day, Samson went to Gaza where he saw a prostitute. He went in to spend the night with her. The people of Gaza were told, Samson is here. So they surrounded the place and lay in wait for him all night at the city gate. They made no move during the night saying, at dawn, we will kill him. But Samson lay there only until the middle of the night. Then he got up and took hold of the doors of the city and together with the two posts and tore them loose, bar and all, he lifted them onto his shoulders and carried them to the top of the hill that faces Hebron. So we know if you know anything about Samson, he had amazing strength. They like to call him uh, the Bible superhero, right? When you think of Avengers or, you know, Superman or whatnot, you think, you know, this is the category that you would play Samson or rather that's the category that they would be in with Samson, right? Um, just very strong. But as we go through and we look through the uh, through the anointing and how Samson really played around with it, I want you guys to really, I guess, evaluate yourself. You know, because when I did this message, I evaluated myself. OK, and any time that the word of God goes forth, there's always a time to sit and think and say, hey, how does this pertain to me? How does this relate to me? Right. So the first thing, Samson was very, very lustful. OK, he couldn't control his flesh. He always had an issue with women. And when you look at it and you say, I can't control my flesh, number one, that's going to be a way that you play with the anointing whenever you don't control your flesh, when you don't attempt to control your flesh. And Samson never attempted to even control his flesh, right? Uh, going, I think it's back in chapter 14 or 15. I'm sorry if I got it wrong. Um, it's one of the chapters of Judges, 14 or 15, where Samson is married and, uh, you know, it, it's the feast for his wedding and everything. And he's out here giving out riddles. And, you know, his wife is coming to him and she's like, oh, tell me the answer to the riddle. And Samson's like, I'm not going to tell you. And so she keeps nagging him and crying and all these types of things. And then eventually he tells her, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, but that's like the same thing that happened with Delilah. But nevertheless, he had her. Then he lays with a prostitute. Now, Samson had an anointing on him. An angel had visited his parents and said, you know, he's going to be a deliverer, so forth and so on. And these were the set things that he was not to do. And you as well as me, you know, when God has placed his hand on you, or even if he hasn't, nevertheless, you should not be out there laying with prostitutes, right? But Samson, with no regard for the anointing of God that is on his life, with no regard for his destiny, he's out here laying around with prostitutes, right? So let's keep going. Um, <clears throat> no, verse four, excuse me. Sometime later, he fell in love with a woman in the Valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. Here she comes, y'all. The ruler of the Philistines went to her and said, see if you can lure him into showing you the secret of his great strength how we can overpower him so we may tie him up and subdue him. Each one of us will give you 1,100 shekels of silver. So Delilah said to Samson, tell me the secret of your great strength, how you can be tied up and subdued. And Samson answered her, if anyone ties me in fresh bowstrings that have not been dried, I'll become as weak as any other man. So guys, one thing I want to say is that Delilah stuck to the plan to try to find Samson's weakness. Samson did not stick to God's plan. And you have to really sit and think and say, okay, 
the enemy, let me point this out to you guys. The enemy is focused on his mission for your life. The enemy is focused on his purpose for your life. He's focused on the fact that he has to get you down and that he needs to destroy you. And he's not, he's not moving away from his plan. But when it comes to us as Christians, oftentimes we try to remix God's plan or we have God's plan right here and we find ourselves moving away from God's plan. Or we just say, I see your plan. I don't like it. I'm going to go over here. Right. And so I really want you guys to think about that. That Delilah, she from the beginning of this story to Samson's demise, Delilah was true to her mission. She knew what the assignment was. OK. And Delilah did not stray away from that. But Samson, who was consecrated by God, who was anointed by God, absolutely forgot his mission, cared nothing about his calling or his purpose whatsoever. And he's just living out here reckless. Amen. So once again, we're talking about not playing with the Holy Spirit. Don't play with it. OK, you can't play with it. So let's keep going. <clears throat> Samson did not realize his divine destiny. He had no regard for the bigger picture. And once again, that goes to um, him just not sticking to God's plan. Relate this to yourself, guys, as I'm going through this. Relate this to yourself. Have you forgotten the bigger picture? Did God come to you and say, you know what? I've anointed you for, for this cause or this purpose. I've put this, this blessing on your life or I put this anointing on your life to deliver people and so forth and so on. And have you lost the bigger picture of what God has told you to do? Are you just going day by day living as other people, the same people that you are supposed to deliver? Are you living as them? Have you lost sight of the reason why God placed this anointing on you? If you have an anointing to sing, trust and believe everybody cannot. I cannot sing, okay, at all. And I wish that I could, but if you can sing, if God has placed an anointing on your voice in order to deliver and break uh, yokes and bondages off of people just by the anointing on your voice, are you using it for him or are you out here prostituting your gift? Think about it. Don't play with it. So let's keep going. Verse eight, the, then the rulers of of the Philistines brought her seven strings, excuse me, seven fresh bowstrings that had not been dried. And she tied them. She tied him with them. With men hidden in the room, she called him Samson. The Philistines are upon you. But he snapped the bowstrings as easily as a piece of string snaps when it comes loose to a flame. So the secret of his strength was not discovered. Then Delilah said to Samson, you have made a fool of me. You've lied to me. Come now, tell me how you can be tied. Now, I want you guys to think about this. Literally, this woman came to him and said, hey, tell me how you can be defeated. Tell me what will allow the Philistines to overpower you. What is what's your demise? What's your secret? And Samson, once again, playing around with this. So he gives this this lie, you know, and he's like, you know, if you tie these bowstrings around me, then um, I will be just as any other man. I will be subdued and all that kind of stuff. And then he wakes up to see that this has happened. Now, I don't know about you. Just think about it, guys. If you tell somebody a fake secret, OK, and you know, you just made this secret up. So nobody else knows about this secret. You really just off the dome. You were like, um, you know, this is my secret. I got seven toes. OK, and all of a sudden you hear people talking about you. Like, oh, you got seven toes. Immediately you're looking at the person that you told that to. And you're like, no one else would have come up with this. Because I told you. But somehow, once again, Samson is playing around with it. Samson is how in the world do you wake up with the bowstrings around you after the one person that you told that to 
you know, the, the next day you have these strings. You get what I'm saying? So let's keep going. <clears throat> oh, let's see. Y'all, this is a, a wonderful story. Uh, let me see. Okay. Then Delilah, verse 10, then Delilah said to Samson, you have made a fool of me. You've lied to me. Come now and tell me how you can be tied. And he said, if anyone ties me securely with new ropes that have never been used, I will become as weak as any other man. So Delilah took new ropes and tied him with them. Then with the men in the room, she called and said, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. But he snapped the ropes off his arms as if they were threads. Delilah then said to Samson, all this time you have been making a fool of me, lying to me. Tell me how you can be tied. And he replied, if you weave seven braids of my head into the fabric loom of the loom and tighten it with the pen, I will become as weak as any other man. Oh, sorry, guys. <clears throat> Alarm. Excuse me. I will become as weak as any other man. Guys, let, let me let me let me go to it. So because we all know what happens next. So while he was sleeping, Delilah took the seven braids of his head, wove them into the fabric and tightened it with a pen. Now, guys. As you see, Samson is getting closer and closer and closer and closer. He keeps playing with it, right? He keeps playing with it. Um, the first, it was these bow ties, these, these ties, okay? The second one was new ropes, okay? New ropes. The third time, now we're moving closer to his actual, you know, resource of power, which is his hair. Um, and notice I say resource because God is a source. Okay. But he's moving closer. So now he's like, oh, well, if you tie my hair into these looms and so forth and so on, then I'll become as any man. You can play around so much and not realize how close you're getting to the fire, how close you're getting to God removing his hand from you. Now, God said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, but he never said, I won't take my anointing from you. See, there's a difference. So Samson is playing these games. So the next thing he played, as I told you guys, he played with the gift of strength from the Lord. Okay. He, um, he, he, he thought it was a joke, right? He thought it was a joke. And I don't know if you guys have really sat and thought about the gifts that are on your life. Are you really taking them serious or go back to the definition that I did? Or are you playing with them? Are you playing with the gifts of God? Are you, are you amused? That's a good thing. Think about, are you amused by the anointing of God, by the gifts of God that God is giving you to deliver somebody else? Or do you keep playing around with it? Some of you guys are in situations and we'll even take it to the natural where you might be out there and you might, you know, sleeping around might be one of your things, but you say, you know, I'm going to use protection and so forth and so on. And then little bit by little bit, you stop. And you may have had some scares in your life. You may have had some pregnancy scares or some, some STD scares. And, and because you made it out, you forgot what that felt like. And you're still out here playing these games. Guys, you can't play with this stuff. You can't play with the anointing. And you cannot play with what God has placed on your life. You can't do that. But we're going to keep going and see and see what else happens with Samson. So we know our weaknesses is no mystery to us how we can fall and backslide. We play around with it. We have no respect for our weaknesses. We can't just play around with them as if we don't know that these things are here to take us down. One thing I love the bishop said, he said that you have to have a respect for your past. You have to have a respect for your weaknesses. And if you know, for example, that, you know, 
a weakness of mine might be, I don't know, smoking. Okay. A weakness of mine might be smoking. Then why would you put yourself around people who smoke? Why would you put yourself around products that, that promote smoking? Why would you do that? Right. Um, I remember when I was, um, I remember whenever I was uh, dating and I remember um, I went on this thing of like celibacy, like, nope, this is not happening. And I, I was like, this, you know, we're not doing that. We're 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 focusing on God and we're not out here doing X, Y and Z. Right. And I remember it even got to a point where when TV shows would come on and people were making out, I just knew this is going to entice my flesh. I would turn it off. And that's not me saying like, oh, Erica, you're perfect and da, 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 da. I'm far from perfect. But what I am saying is that I didn't make provisions for the flesh. I was like, woo, this person look really good right now. And he taking off his shirt on the television. Let me, I'm trying to stand and not do this. I'm trying to have God to, to bless me with a good mate. I'm trying to have God to bless my body and to, you know, I'm trying to be consecrated. So why am I going to sit here and meditate and focus and play around with that? And a lot of times we, we, we act as if we're strong enough to handle these things, but you're not being true to yourself. You don't have that self-awareness piece. You're not saying, you know what? I know I struggle with smoking. I know I struggle with anger. I know I struggle with uh, uh, um, fornication or I know I struggle with insecurities, blah, 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 blah. If you struggle with insecurities, why are you spending all of your time on Instagram? Why? If that's an insecurity of yours to see other people glowing up, you see this person, they're putting up their highlight reel. As we learned in the last message, I said, you know, that's what people put up their highlight reel. But if you're looking on Instagram and in this Facebook, TikTok, whatever, the Internet, whatever, and you know, I don't really feel good about myself. Why are you going to feed yourself with looking at other people who seem to be where you want to be and you know you can't handle it? You have to learn how to protect yourself. And that's one thing that Samson did not do, right? Samson did not do that. So let's keep going. Guys, I'm... <clears throat> so he played around with his strength from the Lord. One thing I do want you guys to know is that in Ephesians 4, 11 and 12, it says, so Christ himself gave the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers to equip his people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Your gift is supposed to build up the body of Christ, not to be out here playing games. And that's what Samson was doing. Everything that Samson did was for himself, as we as we will learn throughout this. He was supposed to be a deliverer. And, and as we look at how he really played with the anointing of God and with the gift of God, we see that a lot of his stuff was for himself. He's out here giving out riddles and killing 30 people to go give linens and clothes to, uh, you know, to to these group of guys that he had a joke with a riddle, and, uh, you know, and, and you can't play with stuff like that. And because God did not snatch his anointing from Samson like that, and just because God has not snatched his anointing from you like that, and don't get deceived in your mind and feel that God is approving your lifestyle. See, silence does not mean approval. A lot of times silence is watching. And think about it. We've been like that before where we will see someone or we'll see something fishy and we'll get quiet. and We'll just watch. Right. You guys have probably done that with your kids before. You know, they told you a lie or something and you know that they lying, but you don't call it out right then. You just watch them. You just watch them like. Okay. Silence does not mean approval, right? So God is watching this. God is seeing how all of this is unfolding. Let's keep going. 
Verse 15, then she said to him, how can you say I love you when you won't confide in me? This is the third time that you have made a fool out of me. Haven't told me your secret of great strength. And with such nagging, she prodded him day after day until he was sick to death with it. So basically she whined, she whined and fussed like most of us women. That's a manipulative thing. Okay. And that's the real thing because, you know, when you whine and whine and whine just to get what you want, you know that you're being deceitful. You get what I'm saying? You know, you're being deceitful, but we got to stop that. I'm talking to myself too. I'm a newlywed. I'm like, no, baby. <laughs> So, no, we, we got to check that. Right. That's that self-awareness piece. But nevertheless, going back to it. And so once again, three times, guys, three times did Samson tell her something three different times. Did he not wake up to actually see it happening? And three times did she not cry to him and say, oh, you're making a fool of me because the way that you told that would uh, subdue you. And I tried it. It didn't try. So now I look stupid. Okay. And this goes back to that first piece. Samson had a problem with his flesh. Because I'm going to be honest with you, Delilah had to be a good woman. She had to be a really good woman in all aspects. And y'all know what I'm talking about. For this man to know it was right in front of your face, to know that she's actually trying to weaken him and you keep playing around with it, right? So let's keep going. <clears throat> Verse 17. So he told her everything. No razor has ever been used on my head, he said, because I've been a Nazarite dedicated to God from my mother's womb. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me and I would become as weak as any other man. And when Delilah saw that he had told her everything, she sent word to the rulers of the Philistines. Come back once more. He has told me everything. So the rulers of the Philistines returned with silver in their hands. Now, I just want to point out something. This is the first time that I heard them come back with silver in their hand, right? The first three times they were just there, right? But now that he's told her everything and she knows for sure, like this is it. Now they actually come back with payment, okay? After putting him to sleep on her lap, she called for someone to shave off the seven braids of his hair and so began to subdue him and his strength left him. Oh, Lord. Let's keep going. Then she called Samson, excuse me, then she called Samson, the Philistines are upon you. And he woke up from his sleep and thought, I will go out as before and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. Guys, <clears throat> have you placed your head in Delilah's lap? Have you gone to sleep with your head in Delilah's lap and not realize that the Lord, that his anointing has departed from you? See, you don't want to be in a situation where all of a sudden you snap out of your sleep after resting in the enemy's lap and you realize, oh, no, I need help. I need deliverance and realize that God has said you played around too much. Right. And notice what he said to himself. He said, I will wake up and shake myself like I have before. Like I've done this before. I'm going to get up and just, you know, I'm going to do it. So forth and so on. And I'm going to be good. Not so. Not so whatsoever. And he woke up not realizing that the Lord's strength had departed from him. Guys, part of that comes from the fact that Samson had no fellowship with God. Samson had no fellowship with God whatsoever at all. And if you think about it, 
we'll, we'll, I feel like I'm getting ahead of myself, but think about it, guys. When was the last time that you actually had quality time with the Lord? When was the last time that you actually put everything aside and said, I'm going to sit down with my Bible. I'm going to sit down with my devotional or my notebook or whatever it is. And I'm actually going to spend quality time. You know, how we are to tithe and that tithe is the top 10% is the first 10%. But then you got to think about your time, right? quality time, not after I get home from work and I've just been beaten down by the day. Now I'm going to sit here with my Bible and after a scripture and a half, I'm going to doze off to sleep with the little drool coming down the corner of my mouth, right? That's not quality time. Quality is the time that you spend when you were out here dating boo or bae or whatever. You want to give them quality time, right? That quality time meant that you told other people, hey, I'm not coming over. We can't hang out. Let's move our plans. You cancel plans with other people that may have had plans made with you prior just to spend time with someone that you were really, you know, into that you were really getting to know. And now that we have given our life to Christ, he's become like that old thing, right? He's become that, that thing that we're used to. We've gotten complacent and familiar. So we don't spend any quality time with him. We don't fellowship with him because had Samson fellowship with God, God would have told him all of these things. God would have said, Hey, I have provisions for you. Don't go this way. Don't go that way. But Samson did not commune with God because he was all about himself. He was more focused on himself. And so now you have to look at it and say, with the gifts that God has given me, with the anointing that God has given me, am I playing with it? Have I spent quality time with God in order to to perfect this gift, in order to sharpen this gift, in order to improve upon this gift? Or is it still in its infant stages? Am I still out here playing games? Am I still out here just relying on the head knowledge that I have instead of learning something new? Because guess what? God tells us new stuff all the time all the time. It's fresh word. It's new word, right? And if you don't spend any time with him, you're only going off of memory, right? So when you think about inventions that we have, the invention for the refrigerator, the first patent that was out there. If we didn't learn anything new, we'd have these big boxes in our uh, kitchens that are full of ice that can only hold but so much food, right? It, it wouldn't look cute. It wouldn't look stylish. No stainless, uh, stainless steel, excuse me, because we didn't learn anything new. We didn't improve upon the, the, the prototype. Right. And when God gives you his anointing and his gifts, his gifts are given to us in our infant stages, excuse me, in their infant stages. It's up to us to develop it. But guys, they won't develop if you're not spending any time or fellowshipping with him. Right. Ooh, OK, let me keep going. Mm -mm -mm. Um, one thing I do want to point out that with Samson being asleep in verse 20, then she says, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. and He awoke from his sleep. If you look at Proverbs 6, 10 through 12, it says yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall thy poverty come as one that travaileth and thy want as an armed man. And normally when we hear want, we hear of uh, financial things. We hear like, oh, like I want more money and I want this, that and the third. But you could want peace. You could want healing. You could want restoration. You could want more than just financial things, right? It says, so shall thy want come in as an armed man. Your want is going to be so strong, but you won't have it. You won't have the, the, the sustainability in order to have it, right? That want will come in when you slumber and when you sleep. So again, I ask, have you laid your head in Delilah's lap? Have you gone to sleep on the gifts of God? Have you played yourself, really? Right. Because Samson played himself. He really did play himself. All the strength that he had, he could have done so much more. But instead, he used them for his selfish gain. God does not remove his favor from you 
just by messing up one time, guys. If you look beyond all of this, if you go all the way back to chapters 13, 14, and 15, when it's talking about Samson and all the stuff that he did for his, for his own glory, for himself, God's strength came on him each time, right? God does not remove his anointing from you or his hand from you because you mess up a couple of times. And that's the part that really has us messed up because we feel that I'm still out here wilding, but you know, I'm still anointed. Like God's still moving in my life. So that must mean that he's okay with it. Wrong. Wrong. Put it down in the chat and say wrong. <laughs> wrong. Because God says, listen, I'm a God. I'm a just God. I'm a God of mercy. I'm a God of second chances. But at the same time, guys, God is not going to be played by anybody. And that's what you have to remember, right? We, we think that God is just this really sweet, humble, just meek. And yes, that is his side, but he's also the lion of Judah. Okay. So there's the other side of him as well, where God is like, if you don't like being played, I don't like being played. So I'm not going to be played. And so Samson played around a little too much. Amen. Let's keep going. Verse 21, then the Philistines seized him, gouged out his eyes and took him down to Gaza, binding him with broken shackles. They set him to grinding grain in prison, but the hair on his head began to grow again after it had been shaved. Guys, they underestimated the Lord, right? They underestimated Samson because I'm going to be honest with you. If this man is out here wreaking havoc and he has a reputation of killing lions and slaying thousands of men and just lifting city gates, you know, off of the uh, hinges and you find out that his strength came from his hair. Why would you let it grow back? Samson would have been looking like Mr. Clean all day, every day. I would have had somebody on watch to say the minute you see some stubble growing back, go on and take one of those shit blazers and go on and peel it back. You get what I'm saying? But they let his hair grow back, right? The flip side of all of this is that even though we may have messed up, even though God may have taken his anointing, that gift, and he may have removed his hand because we were playing games. God also says, listen, I will restore you. Right. And so Samson's hair is growing back and they weren't they weren't on top of it. They were not on top of it. Samson probably had a little mullet by the time that he died. Like you really let his hair grow back even enough right? So you underestimated the fact that God will redeem. God will grow it back. So you need to look at someone and say, is your hair growing back, right? Is you, Put it in the comments, say, is your hair growing back? Because that is a symbolism of God restoring you. That is a symbolism of God saying, okay, you've repented, you've gotten yourself together. I am going to fulfill the mission, the purpose that I have. So is your hair growing back, guys? Amen. Really think about that. So let's keep going because we're almost done. This is such a great story. Verse 23. Now the rulers of the Philistines assembled to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon, their God, and to celebrate saying, our God has delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hands. Now let's just keep it real, guys. It wasn't Dagon. That was that was a, a false idol, something that they had created. No, Samson delivered himself. And you have to think, am I delivering myself to the enemy? Am I really wrapping myself in a package and Amazon priming myself to the doorstep of the enemy? Am I delivering myself to the enemy? Because see, Samson played. Nobody else put Samson in that position but Samson. So you have to think the trials, the things that you've been dealing with. Some of us, we've been going around in circles and it seems like every victory is a, is a struggle to get, is a fight to get. And you have to say, Am I really doing what God has told me to do? All of the stuff that's going on in my life, 
Am I responsible? See, there's that self-awareness piece. And you're never going to get deliverance unless you become self-aware and get real with yourself and say, you know what? My fault. That was me. I was really out here tripping. I was really out here on some other stuff. And I, I take responsibility for it. I actually delivered myself to the footstool, excuse me, to the uh, doorstep of the enemy. It was me. It was me. Wow. It was me. See, only deliverance can come after you had a revelation that you are responsible for your demise. <laughs> the, the reason why we're in the situations that we are, I'm pretty sure there's been some point in our life where we could really look back and we could say, I did that to myself. I did that to myself. I was tripping. I played myself, right? We've all played ourselves. But the good thing is that guys, you can stop playing yourself. We don't have to live a life like that. We don't have to live a life where we're constantly, uh, you know, the underdog, where we're constantly taking L's, where we're constantly uh, on, on the underhand. You get what I'm saying? We don't have to live a life that way. God has promised and purposed us for so much more. But once again, you have to stop playing. Don't play with it. Don't play with it. Amen. Let's keep going. <clears throat> and when the people, verse 24, when the people saw him, they praised their God saying, our God has delivered our enemy into our hands. The one who laid waste to the, and multiplied our slain, excuse me. Number 20, verse 25, while they were in high spirits, they shouted, bring out Samson to entertain us. So they called Samson out of prison and he performed for them. And when they stood him among the pillars, Samson said to the servant who held his hand, Put me where I can feel the pillars that support the temple so that I may lean against them. Now, the temple was crowded with men and women. All the rulers of the Philistines were there. And on the roof, there were about 3000 men and women watching Samson perform. Then Samson prayed to the Lord, sovereign Lord, remember me, please, God, strengthen me just once more and let me with one blow get revenge on the Philistines for my two eyes. Let's pause for a second. Do you guys hear that? Samson said, let me get revenge on the Philistines for my two eyes, the eyes that they had gouged out. Samson didn't say, Lord, please forgive me for not following in your purpose. Please forgive me for not doing what you have called me to do. Let me get revenge on the Philistines for what they've done to your people. Even in his death, Samson said, I want to get revenge for what they did to me. Right. I want to get revenge for my two eyes, for how they did me. Right. And I want you guys, there is a scripture and I love that um, Bishop, he uses it. He uses it a lot. Ecclesiastes 2.14, it says the wise men have eyes in their head while a fool walks in darkness. And guys, Samson became blind and walked in the darkness when his eyes were gouged out. And that's why it's so important to make sure that you have a spiritual leader because your eyes are in your head. And I know it seems like OK, our head, you know, our natural head. But you have to think our spiritual head, your spiritual leaders, whether it's your pastors or your bishops or whatnot, they are set up to see further than what we can see. And it's not because God says, oh, you guys are not special. You're not good enough. But once again, he called certain people. So when you begin to entrust yourself to, to reasonable and trusted leadership, guys, they can really help you navigate through a lot of that stuff. And see, had Samson actually had a mentor, if Samson had not been cocky and had not played all of these games and had someone that he was, or even, you know, just, just a fellowship with God, what we were talking about, he would have sidestepped a lot of situations that he was in. He would have never been in a lot of situations because he wouldn't play those games, right? So let's go ahead and wrap this up. 
And then, <clears throat> excuse me, verse 29, then Samson reached towards the two central pillars on which the temple stood, embracing himself against him, his right hand on one and his left hand on the other. Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. Then he pushed with all his might and down came the temple on the rulers and all the people in it. Thus, he killed many more people when he died than when he lived. And guys, that is Samson's story. That is Samson's story about basically from the beginning to the end, we see how his whole life that was told in the Bible where he played with the anointing of God. And even upon his death, he still wanted revenge for himself. He still didn't have sight of the bigger picture, right? He still didn't have sight of his purpose. You don't want to die, guys, without knowing your purpose, without not having sight of the full picture. What is the anointing on your life and why is it there and why are you playing with it? At this point, you should have won so many people to Christ. Think about your own personal life. There have been so many people that you should have won to Christ. that should be following you right now. But yet and still, you are more prone to argue in the comment section on Instagram, defending your favorite sports team that has never won a game. And I don't know when, hadn't been to the playoffs in centuries, Okay. But yet you won't defend the gospel. You won't stand up for the gospel. You won't stand up for what's right. You won't use your voice to edify God. You won't use your gifts to push forth his kingdom. See, the thing is, is that we think that if we push forth God's kingdom, then we won't experience any joys of our own. But our lives are hidden in Christ. You don't know what God has for you until you start using it. You don't know what God wants to do. And see, all we see is this level right here. And we say, if I get my life together, I won't be able to do you know, this anymore. I won't be able to sleep around. I won't be able to smoke my weed anymore. You know, I'm gonna have to be held accountable. But what you don't see are all of the testimonies. Let's go back to Sunday's message. You don't see all the testimonies that await you on level two and three and four and 10 and 20 and 80. You don't see those, 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 those uh, dubs that you are going to get or that are destined for you, but you keep staying on this level playing with the anointing. And God is saying, man, if I reveal to you everything that is purpose to happen in your life, everything that I have designed to happen in your life, in no time, you would get your stuff together. But at the same time, God is saying, I just want you to do my will because you love me. I don't want you to do it because you see what's in it for you, right? None of us want to date anyone or have children who are uh, selfish, who only, you know, say, I love you when they want something. You know what I'm saying? We all know someone that when they come to you and they say, oh, you look so nice today. The first thing you say is, what do you want? Right. Because, you know, there must be an ulterior motive. But with God, he's, he sees the same thing. So when you say, you know, Lord, I'm going to spend time with you and you really spending time with God, he knows is this really a heart change or are you doing it so you could get something, right? It's not the day of victory, guys. It's the day after victory. It's the day after victory. So yeah, you might get a victory here and there, but what do you do afterwards, right? What, what do you do with that? It's almost like if you give somebody something, they, they're really nice to you just to get something from you. And then you finally give it to them. And all of a sudden, once they get it, they don't have any more use for you. You don't hear from them anymore. They don't check in on you anymore. It's that day after victory. The victory was you got what you wanted, but the day after is that you showed your true colors. So then when you come back to this place and you need me again, because you will, no, it's not happening. I, mm -mm, I'm not doing that. So why is it that we don't think that God is the same like that with us, guys? I'm going to end y'all with this. Stop playing with God. Stop playing with the anointing. It's not cute. 
and it's not safe. It's not cute and it's not safe. Samson lost his eyes and his life in the end just for playing with the anointing. And look at all of the amazing things, the potential. We all see Samson's potential. We all see that he could have just, he could have been it, right? But he played too much. He played riddles here and so forth and so on. Guys, stop playing. It's, it's been time. I'm not even going to say it's time to get serious. It's been time. Right now, we're playing catch up because it was time years ago for us to stop playing with the gifts that God has given us and to start moving forward. So I want you guys to be encouraged today. I thank you all for tuning in. I want you guys to go back, listen to Sunday's message. I want you guys to go back and listen to part one and two of the uh, Holy Spirit, what Bishop was teaching on. Please go back and listen to that right? Because the Holy Spirit will come upon us. The anointing will come upon us. But guys, not if we keep playing with it. You don't want to wake up like Samson one day and realize that your strength has departed. Amen. So that's all I have for you guys today. I wasn't before you long or short. Um, before I do close out, I want to say thank you so much to Bishop and First Lady for giving me another opportunity to be in front of your people. I do not take this lightly. I thank you so much um, for even entrusting me with that. I want to give a shout out to my husband. I love you so much, sweetheart. You are amazing. What a wonderful teammate, partner, and support that I have. And I just want to say I love you guys. Seriously, I have not seen a lot of you guys face to face in a while, but trust and believe I love each and every one of y'all. I'm honored to be here. And until we see each other again, don't forget, continue to send in your testimonies. OK, we had testimonies uh, flowing in last um, on Sunday. And so we are still taking testimonies because we are going to put them in a presentation just so we can celebrate with y'all. I'm telling y'all, this is wonderful. So continue to send your testimonies, continue to support the ministry. There are ways to give trctoday.org slash give backslash. And you could give that way or cash app TRC today. Amen. Support the ministry. So into the ministry. Um, guys, tune in for our live stream on Sunday. We will be back again at 915. And guys, share this message. OK, share the message. Invite somebody. Invite yourself back. Amen. Come back. We want to see you guys again. But until then, I love y'all and I will see you later. And so until we meet again, keep it real.